So Bill is saying that um, not to trust in man, right? That we need to trust in God and not to trust in man. So how are, I, I guess it begs the question, how are we trusting in man? How are we doing that? Um, that's something that the Holy Spirit can probably show you just as you ask him in your chair. How am I trusting man instead of you, Father? It's a big question. It obviously must be happening, or Bill has just had a psychotic moment, right? <laughs> Which he's been known to have, but that's okay. <laughs> no, Bill's good. But obviously, when there's an inspired statement like that, obviously God, that's one of the ways, uh, if you know the New Testament, it's one of the ways that God speaks to the body, is through an inspired moment where the Holy Spirit speaks something to you, and then you stand up and speak it out. And uh, so it would be really amiss of us to uh, just walk past that and not take a few moments to say, how are we trusting in man? Go ahead, Bill. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Lean not on your own understanding... Mm. Yes. Yes. It is so obvious in Scripture, and, and probably most of us have got some uh, wear on our Christian tire. Um, little rubber left, but we've been down the road a few miles. And you realize that very often God's way of reacting to situations is totally different than our way of reacting to situations. Big time. And so, and very often we make a mess of it when we respond the way that we think we should respond, especially when it comes to offense or if it comes to a, a situation of fear or a, a situation where we're concerned about the future or in some way, and then we try to run around trying to figure out how we can fix it. And there's something to be said about being still and knowing that he is God. Two very difficult things there. Being still, which means not getting in a panic. Not getting in a panic. Because as soon as we start panicking, as soon as we start getting fretful, and we start trying to devise schemes to fix a situation, whether it's to get somebody into the faith or, or whatever it is, as soon as we get to that place, bad things usually come out of that. Whenever we start getting in a panic and we start trying to figure things out, instead of just stopping and trusting God that he's going to work the situation out, he's going to do that. That doesn't mean that we just sit around and do nothing. God will let us know when we need to do something, when we need to make a change, when we need to go in a different direction, when we need to uh, do whatever it is that God is saying. But there is something about surrendering our life to God, surrendering 
well, for young people, surrendering to who it is God wants us to be with as our partner in the rest of our lives, surrendering to God what our career will be, surrendering to God where we should live, what, what church we should, all, the, all this surrendering. And we're not good at surrendering. We don't like surrendering. We like having our own idea of how things go. Having our, and, and boy, we can get proud. We just think we got it all worked out. And trust me, as we get older, we get more like that. We do. We got it all figured out, and we've got a, a set little plan, and this is the way it's going to happen until the day I die. What a horrible way to live. Really, what a horrible way to live. To just have your little routine, and that's what you do, and I'm just going to do this, going to do the same thing, and don't get in, don't get in somebody's way when you're, they're, they've got their routine down. Um, and we get stuck in narrow little existences. And God is saying, break open the box a bit. Break it out a bit. Like, allow me to lead you in another direction. Allow me to take you in another way of thinking. I guarantee you, every one of you sitting here and me standing here, we have wrong thinking. There's something that is stinking thinking in our life. Whether what we feel about the rest of our lives or other people or our, our hurts and I guarantee you that in some way we have thinking that is not in coordination with God. And that's not age restrictive. That can be at 70 or it can be at 10 or 20. And it, it, I think the sense is God's just saying, let me break you out a bit. Release your agenda. Release your agenda. Let go of your agenda. This is the way God has to move. This is the way God has to answer my prayer. This is the way I told God, I was told that God was and is. And God's saying, well, what if I want to be different? What if I want to do it completely differently? What if I want you to have a completely different spiritual experience than you want to have? Those are big questions. Because we come in the door, right? We come in this door with an expectation of what God can do, will do, and should do. We all do. It's just the way we are. Um, and what I'm trying to do every Sunday is empty myself as much as I can of my expectation of the way God should move. And I'm saying, God, this is your church. This is your family. You are the pastor. You are the father. You are the force within us. So far be it from me to say, and here's what you need to do for us today, Dad. And, and have some dog and pony show. But to, to actually instead just come in and say, Dad, what do you want to do? What, do you, what are you up to? Doesn't mean you don't get prepared, but the way you get prepared is to be open. To be open. And if you are not open in your life about how God might move, could move, might even want to change the complete trajectory of your life, you may want to change it completely. We have to be open for that to happen. Most of the things that we miss in life is because we have blinders on. And we're saying, no, I can't do that. Or no, God doesn't work that way. Or God's not in that church or whatever it is. And we just start making assumptions. And I think what God's saying this morning is be open. I think he wants to make some changes in your lives. I don't know, maybe not all of us, but... There's definitely some people here where God is going to change and wants to change. You may not agree with it. You may not be 
willing to go along with it, but he wants to change the actual direction of your life. I really believe that. And God today is giving you your yes about that. He's saying, listen, if you're thinking of making some major changes, taking a risk, going in a different direction, trying something different, I just believe in my spirit that God's saying to you today, yes, you can do that. And stop worrying about the future. Stop worrying about what will happen if. What will happen if? How many times has that stopped us in our tracks? What would happen if I made that decision, if I went that direction? And God owns the universe. Last we checked, he was still, the, still has the deed for the universe. He made it. He made you. He made me. When you were born, he already knew your path. He already knew your beginning. He knew your end. He knew everybody you were going to meet along that path. At some point, we have to trust that God knows better. Because we don't know what's going to happen in a half an hour. He knows what's going to happen, you know, in all of eternity. So there's a wonderful grace that God's giving us today, a wonderful freedom to be able to just relax and say, God, you have got my future. You're a good father. You are a good father. So therefore, you can look down the the beam of your life, and there's a lot of people looking down the beam of their life, who are terrified, especially young people. I mean, who wouldn't be if you didn't have a faith in God? And even we as Christians can get scared. Paul said when he was uh, being beaten there, when you come into 2 Corinthians and he's talking about what happened to him at Ephesus, and he's saying we despaired even of our life. He He wasn't singing a jig there. He was actually saying, we were scared. Like, we were actually quite scared. We thought we were going to die. But, he said, God delivered us, and he will continue to deliver us. Why? Because God has a plan. He has a plan. And sometimes life will throw us curves that we just don't, we didn't see that one coming. I had it on my vacation. We didn't see that one coming. But you go, okay, has God abandoned us? Has God somehow lost track of our file? Is there a memo we didn't get from God? No. That's where you sit down, and this is where we are so much more blessed in this earthly plane than people without faith. It's because we have the ability, if we choose, and God's saying to choose it today, to not depend on ourselves, to not depend on whatever things are in this world that are supposedly there to protect us and keep us and take care of us, but to trust God has a plan, way, purpose, and something good that can come out of it. And that's what faith, that's what the walk of faith is. So often we come in burdened with things that God never intended you to be burdened with. Never intended you to be burdened with. If you listen to five minutes of news... You have got enough burden on you to crash. And, and what's happening to our society? They're crashing. Society is psychologically crashing. And so, there, again, God is just reminding us today, what you need to do is don't trust in your own ideas of how things 
go. Again, that doesn't mean that we're brain dead. That's not, God's not saying check your brain at the door. It will take every bit of mental capacity you have to do that, to trust God in spite of your instincts, in spite of your fears, in spite of what people are telling you, in spite of what you're seeing. This is the walk of faith. This is what we're called to be, that we are people who say, yeah, I know that's the way it looks, but what's God going to do? People without faith don't have that but. We do. We have this incredible capacity to go, well, it looks pretty bad, but I know God's bigger than this. And whatever it is that is threatening you, whatever it is that is making you fearful, whatever it is that is saying you can't, it won't, and and all those things, we are serving a God today, as he said, that is trustworthy. He hears us. He hears us when we call. Now, that's either a bunch of propaganda made by some Christian artist who thought, oh, I'll write something that kind of sounds good. And No, we believe that that jives with Scripture, that he hears us when we call. He heard Peter when Peter was walking on the water and started to sink. He heard Peter's call. Peter called out and in went the hand. Instantly. And I just believe that it's, I know how hard it is. I've lived enough stuff. I know it's not easy to do this. It's not. And in some ways it gets more difficult. But in the, in the reality of the situation, God is saying, you can trust me today. Don't trust your own ideas. You may have tried a bunch of stuff and it didn't work out. Don't feel that that is the evidence that what you're aiming for, desiring for, and seeking after is wrong. It just seems, it's just God saying, you've come to the end of your ability, now I'll step in. And sometimes God has to get us to that place where we have tried everything, we've done everything, especially with children. This is an easy one to use as an example. We go through some of the craziest extremes to try to get our kids saved. You just berate them, and you <laughs> first is you berate them. That's the first thing. Remember, you get in those arguments. And then you start trying different tacks and you tr- di- different things. And all of us have probably come to a point where we go, well, <laughs> they're yours, Lord. I don't know what you're going to do with them, but they're yours. I've done everything I can do. And then God says, well, thank you very much. And then you just, if we would just stop and say, Dad, What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I know what I want to do. I want to kill them. But what do you want me to do? And there's nothing more um, disconcerting than when you've tried everything and nothing happens. That is a frustrating place to be. That is just like, God, are you real? That's the one that comes. Where are you, God? He's up and here all along just waiting for you to been out so I could step into this situation and I don't know why we have to get to that place but what I'm going to be doing in September later in September we're going to be starting a seven-week thing called abide and there's seven lessons the core of the church is already the core leadership have already gone through this and what it is is a process where you 
learn. Some of you already, that's nothing you won't be familiar with, but it may be something that you have not perfected into a lifestyle. And it is the ability to sit, ask questions of God, and get the answer. And there's seven different lessons that we will go through about abiding in the presence of God. And uh, it'll teach us how to do that because if we have to go through all of our ideas before we get to God's, that's a long way. That is a long way. There was a woman, I told you this story before, there was a woman that went out to the Southland Church. She was in her 70s and she, had, she needed to have deliverance. And she knew it. She was a Christian and she knew it. And she had quite dramatic manifestations that would come from this force uh, this negative force that was in her life. And uh, they finally came in and got Stefan, the, the pastor who I've been doing mentoring with for the last year. And because the pastors that had been with her couldn't, you, they couldn't figure what's going on. They couldn't get through. And she had gone down to the States and spent all kinds of money going to big ministries in the States and none of them could do anything. She never got free. So here Stefan comes in and he goes, well, let's ask God. Instead of going hubba lubba 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 come out in the name of Jesus without any knowledge, without ever asking God, just getting into that Christian mode, right? Stopping and going, Father, what's going on? What is going on? We're not going to do anything until we hear from you. And of course, God gives this picture and it's a ring. And he said, I'm sorry, ma'am, all I'm getting is a ring, a wedding ring. And she said, well, my wedding ring is in Chicago. They're in Edmonton or in Winnipeg. And she had taken it off years ago. I guess it was with a relative or something. And she said um, she had gotten married. The, the wedding, the marriage was over because it had just dissolved and it, was a, it wasn't a good uh, marriage. And they got married by... Um, people in Eastern Europe, uh, the Roma, you know who I, when I say Roma, the gypsies? And come to find out, and I'm jumping ahead on the story, but come to find out when rings are blessed. I married Steph and Corwin yesterday, and Steph's dad's here. It's good to see you. Um, and we bless the rings, you know. There's something to that, and I'll tell you how there's something to that. In that wedding in Eastern Europe, the, the rings got blessed too, but not by somebody who is a Christian. And something was attached to the ring. So he said, ma'am, all I can tell you is you need to get rid of the ring. There's something about the ring. And they just let her go. No big deliverance, nothing. They just let her go. There's nothing they could do because God didn't say to do anything else. He just brought the picture of the ring. See, we would have jumped into super Christian mode and we would have started, you know, trying to pull rabbits out of hats. Yeah, slay the dragon. Yeah, and Frodo, right? Here we're going to get the ring. But so she comes back about three months later, totally delivered, totally changed because she went to Chicago and she destroyed the ring. She got rid of the ring. I don't know what she did to it. She threw it in the garbage, threw it in the ocean. I don't know what she did with it, but she threw it away. And that is what delivered her. 
That's trusting in God and not our own understanding. I guarantee you if that situation walked in this church, and I've seen it many times in Christian circles, go into the, the, you know, the screaming and the holler and come out in Jesus' name, and you wonder why people aren't getting delivered. Because we're, and we're not setting the captives free because we are not stopping and, and saying, God, what's going on here? What should we be doing? And he'll show you a picture. He'll give you something. The reason most deliverance gets so messy is because there's a bunch of screaming and hollering going on. So the, the enemy starts screaming and hollering. And before you know it, the whole place is screaming and hollering. And the devil said, well, that was easy. Made a mess out of that. But when you invite God into your decision, when you invite God into the process and say, Dad, what should I do? Then you start getting results, right? And so it's, it's very, God saying something to us today. He's saying, don't trust in the way that you think it should go. There's pride in this room. There's pride in all of us. Don't kid yourself. We all have pride. We all have stakes in the ground about what we believe and how we think things should go. And we'll stand by that in the face of God, in the face of man. And God's saying, can you just let go of that for a minute? Can you maybe let go of that stake that you've put in the ground about the way I should be, about the way church should be, about the way my life should be, about the way our kids should be? Just take that stake and just put it aside and just say, God, thy will be done. Thy will be done. And I'm going to trust you, even as crazy as it gets, I'm going to trust you that you're in control of the situation. If we don't perfect that in our life, if you're young and you, you don't perfect this in your life, you're going to have a very difficult go of it. You will go in and out of the faith. You'll go in and out of it. And sometimes you may not come back. But it is an understanding that it doesn't matter how bad it looks. You know, Paul knew that he was building the church. He always knew that. He's, he knew that he was spreading the good news. He called it the gospel. He knew what Jesus had given him directions to do. So no matter what happened, he said, I know what I'm doing. I am building the kingdom and I'm going to put things behind that I don't understand. The things that I can't figure out, I'm just putting them behind and I'm going forward with what I do know I'm supposed to be doing. And we can do the same thing. Don't get stuck in a moment. Some people are stuck in a hurt from 20 years ago. 20 years ago. I was saying to, I think, who was, Bill and I were talking yesterday. My sister, God bless her, not Cam, but my other sister, when my mother died in 1977, my sister still today will fight because there was a piece of glass, this candy glass it's called or something, that my other sister got. She will still bring that up when we get together. Well, you got that glass. I don't know why. I know. I know she took it, and I, mom said I could have that. Okay, here's your candy glass, right? But it's just, and I don't make fun of her. It's just the way we all are. You can all find ways that we've done that. Hmm, the seat on the bus, you know? All of those things. 
And we can get pride about life, and God is saying, can you please just put down all those requirements of me and of your life and of other people that you've put down, can you let go of that and allow me to govern your life and trust me with the results and with the future? And I, I don't say it lightly. It's not easy. It isn't easy. Um, we're going to do communion this morning. Uh, just feel to say to you today that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I'm not saying that frivolously just because it's a nice capper. I'm saying it because I believe it. That God has not destined you to destruction. The devil would love to do that. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I think we better start listening to he that is within us. And God has not destined you to destruction. He has destined you to success and to victory, to hopefulness, to joy, to love, to peace, to all these things. And, you know, while some people are running after money, what's killing the world is a lack of peace, a lack of sense of being loved. How many have said, I want to be somebody's special someone? And it has caused a lot of people to run into the arms of the wrong person. But God said, you are my beloved in whom I am well pleased. Run into those arms. Run into those arms. Um, time for an offering. Dancing, you know, I, we kind of, like, I don't know why we don't have that. The church has really let go of dance in the West. Like, I don't know why we don't do that. I can remember when in the Pentecostal churches they started to dance. They used to call it the Pentecostal bop or something. They just jump up and down. I can remember being in a church service and there's 300 people just jumping up and down. I said, I don't think that's what God had in mind at all. But um, dance is a beautiful way of interpreting worship uh, for God. So uh, women's breakfast, uh, it originally, when was it? You, you want to... Just say, 